Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been here. This is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. With me, Kev Dillon, uh, Lee Cadman, Craig Pinches, Aaron Jew, and once again today, we're joined by a special guest, Nick Davis, who's an NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist and life coach. And I thought today we'd talk about some different stuff. Now we're in January, and thinking, sometimes we're at that table of life, feeling a bit shitty and a bit down. And on our one side, we've got the antidote, and on the other side, we've got the poison. But often when we're already in that dark place of despair or whatever, instead of reaching for the antidote, that phone call, that appointment with someone like Nick, we often turn towards the poison chalice, the booze, the drugs, the self-loathing. And I was just wondering, Nick, why is this? That's a, that's a good question. The, the main reason is to do with energy. So we've got a finite amount of energy, and once you get past the age of 30, everybody knows that. When you're a kid, you's, I envy children running around, you'll see little jazz running around, going mad, got all this energy, you know, and they can expend it as much as they want. But as an adult, you start to have a finite amount of energy. And once you go into energy deficit, and this is where we get things, so the first signal is stress. So we start to get frustrated with things. <clears throat> and that's the point where you need to get help, because when you're stressed, you, you've got the energy to ask for help. Next thing is where you start to get anxiety or low mood, and that's where your resources are so depleted that what your body's trying to do, and it's trying to do the right thing. If you, To ask for help requires energy. You've got to pick yourself up, and you've got to try and sound chirpy, because you don't want to <clears throat> throw all your problems onto your friends. So you've got to take extra energy to do that. So your body's saying, no, what I'm going to do, and, and all of these illnesses, what people don't realise, if you look at the signs, they're there to protect you. So stress, anxiety, depression, they're good. what they're saying to you is go to bed, relax, rest, rejuvenate. Then when you've got the energy, normally that's enough to move forward. But what I say to people is, um, it's like when I used to get anxiety and panic attacks. And the thing is, is like when, whenever you've had an anxiety or a panic attack, you're always predisposed to get it again. So I know I can push myself to get anxiety again. And as someone who pushes themselves quite hard, and I was saying this to Kev when we were on the radio in London, <clears throat> I, I, and I want to say this because I don't want people to think just because of the job I do, I don't struggle because I do. And we were on the radio for two and a half hours on a London radio station. So for me, I had a couple of things to worry about. So one, I didn't realise uh, about getting through London, how difficult that would be for Kev with his eyes. Kev's amazing, never asked for help, but we're on the escalators and I'm thinking, how'd he get on those? So I started to get stressed about, have I taken the right care of my friend here? Then I'm starting to panic about, we're on there for two and a half hours, what's going to happen then? So the first 11 minutes of the show, and, and Kev will tell you this, they didn't introduce him. So inside of me, I'm thinking, how rude, why haven't they brought him into this? Mm. So, so basically, my uh, <clears throat> emotional rucksack, if you like, started to fill up. And then about an hour in, I started to feel anxiety. I started to get a pain in my head, I started to feel lightheaded, I started to feel sweating. And I'm thinking, oh God, I hope this is not being picked up. <clears throat> now I know how to deal with my panic. It was, it was filmed as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and, and I was sitting there thinking, and Kev said to me afterwards, oh, you smashed it, this, that, and the other. No one would have ever known, because I know how to change my breathing and everything else, and I'll give you a technique um, later on in the, you know, this uh, video cast podcast. 
um, how to control those things. But when you push yourself too far, everybody can get back to those things. And the thing is, is the first thing you've got to do is rest. And the one thing I do, and what, what you'll notice with people who suffer with any form of mental illness, whether it's stress, anxiety, um, depression, or anything worse than that, it's always people who are people pleasers and they're perfectionists. So they're always pushing themselves too hard. It's not that they're weak. <clears throat> it's just that that level of you know, energy that you've got they go into energy deficit. And when you're in energy deficit, like Kev says, you go for the worst thing. But actually, it's not the worst thing. If you, because what happens if you do have that drink, or you do what you know, some people do drugs, you know, or, or lie in bed or do whatever. Sometimes, and most of the time, that gets you through. It gives you enough of a crutch to get through. My advice to you is, whenever you're feeling stressed, is recognise the the signal in your body. Like for me, with anxiety, I know when I get it bad. I'm, I know I think I'm going to die. I'm going to pass out. I'll go cold. I get dissociative disorder. I think I'm not there. I can't identify or connect with things, and that's you know when I get really bad panic attacks, or have been in the past. But now I recognise the precursor to all of that is where I get an aching in the middle of my back. Now, as soon as I get that aching in the middle of my back, it's my body saying I'm tired, and then it goes into sweaty palms. Then I start to sweat. Then I start to uh, dry mouth. And then I start to get dizzy and then moves up to anxiety. So the first thing I would advise people is find out what's the first recognition that you're stressed and mine's an aching back and I've got a choice, right, do I calm down now? And when we're in London, I felt my back aching on the train. I'm thinking, I'll be all right, I'll be all right. But I knew at some point that if I would push past that, I was gonna feel some anxiety. I was able to control it, because obviously I'm adept in that now and I'll show you guys how to do it. But that's, you know, why we make those bad choices. When you've got energy, then you can make the good choices. It's funny, like when we're on about the radio, blokes, when uh, we're in the, in the pub afterwards for a brief, uh, debrief. debrief. <laughs> Well, skinful. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we were there, and I was saying, because as Nick said, 11 minutes, and I felt so out of place. Yeah. So these higher educated men, and it was, hello, Nick, and, and I sat there, and I watched the video. Hopefully That's I the one that you sent me, isn't it? Yeah, I'll send yeah, it to you. Yeah. Hopefully you can put it on our page. Yeah, absolutely. It's long, but you see, when I sat there for those 11 minutes, it felt like two mm. days. I sat there, and you could see me like this and then mm. it was and, then, and every time I tried to open up about my eyes and the reason why they got me on there to talk about my eyes and being a boxing instructor every time I said something they shot me down mm. Mm. And, and that's no that's just a different interviewing skill yeah. than I have but I learned so much that day but as you watch it I progressed as a person because not only was I in my place I commanded it by the end yeah. and it was yeah. feeling that little boy at the back of the class thinking I don't yeah. want to put my hand up because if I, if I ask for help they're going to belittle me and by the end I was thinking no I've mm. got something to say and I will say proud. And that's thanks to um, Men's Radio Station and Aaron Jew on my first ever podcast. That helped us to build this. Mm. So I remember when we first did that, Aaron, mm. um, you had the flu, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, why not do it? I thought, mm. all I'm doing is talking. I'm not getting punched in the head. I haven't that's got to really. go and uh, lay tiles or pick slabs up. I thought, we can do this. Yeah. What did Joe Calzaghe say? Yeah, he said in 90 to 95% of his fights he either had a niggling injury or was ill or something like that. He said, you're never 100%. And that's the message I get across to people. Yeah. And I was saying, we, we went to London. We didn't realise how stressful it was going to be getting to the radio station first. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we planned the day out, but it was actually a lot more stressful. <clears throat> and, and to go on the radio for two and a half hours on a, a radio station that's going live and it's on video, there's going to be a lot of stress around yeah, there. You say absolutely. one thing, is it going to end your career? Is it, you know, going to do this? And we didn't know if it was going to be for 15 minutes, no. half an hour, and they, they just kept, and that's why I think I had the anxiety, because we've been on there for yeah. almost 15 minutes and they hadn't even introduced me. I think, you know, I'm just going to go, well, thank you, Kev. 
yeah. Thank you. Well, an another point, and I said this to Kev over the phone, was I said, what if they they were anxious and nervous about you? I said, because what you don't realise is people who haven't boxed have been around this environment. Yeah. That can be intimidating for them. Yeah. And he's blind. And the other thing they said is they didn't realise he was blind because Kev just walked in, did his usual thing, tapping things with his feet and his hands. Mm. And they said, I would never know he was blind. He just shook our hands, sat down normally. So I said to Kev, actually, they were the ones who were feeling anxious and they possibly felt out of place, because when it, it was only when you got on the pads, really, that they were like, all oh, right, we've got that out of the way kind of thing, and then you, they were like, that showed him total respect after that. I suppose that. Like a metaphor for that would be, would be your reaction to a spider. I don't like spiders. Yeah. You know, you, ah, it's a spider, and you shoot yourself from all your skin or creep tail, but yeah. how many times bigger than them? Yeah. And I suppose that's sort of the way it is. They, they're bound to feel some sort of mm. way about you, so I suppose. That's a big spider, because I hate spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of them off the ears. <coughs> going back to what you said about having like um, a physiological uh, point tattoo, you haven't. I get heavy eyes. That's yours then. Heavy, heavy eyes is mine, and I'll yeah. say to my partner, I'll say if if I've been slightly stressed or I'm uh, slightly down, I'll say my eyes are heavy. That's and the point. That I'm a, a nose a bad time's coming if my eyes go heavy. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the that's time you go for self-care. Mm -hmm. And heavy eyes, if you think about it, and this is how I know you push yourself too hard, your body going, I need to go to sleep. Yeah, it's actually, so you're fighting sleep at that point, so you yeah. think how exhausted your body is. Yeah. And then when I say this to people and you're pushing yourself too hard, this, that and the other, and what people don't realise, and it's the same in sport, I say, if you push yourself 10 out of 10, your results tail off. Yeah. Your peak point, your flow state is between 7 and 9. So if you're a high energy person, it's probably a nine. If you're a lower energy person, probably a seven. But between seven and nine out of 10 is your, your peak, your flow state, the zone. But we're conditioned, and I, I used to do this at school a lot because my dad was forever beating me, going, yeah, have got to get your results, try harder, try. And I couldn't honestly try any harder. Yeah. And, and my results kept coming back, you know, I, I scraped through, but my results kept coming back bad. Whereas now I realize with study, I, I swallow books for, for fun now yeah. on neuroscience because I'm so relaxed with it, I enjoy it. And if sometimes we've all had it, I read a page, it doesn't go in, I read it again, it doesn't go in, I'll go, time to go to sleep. Yeah. No, it's recognizing and not pushing yourself too hard. I think that's what it is, because with me, for, for years now, I'd, I'd say for the last at least five to eight years, I've done nothing but burn the candle at both ends. Yeah. You know, with my music, 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 music. So, so destined to create some, a, a pathway for my kids so as they don't have to live, I'll say the life, I've had a, I've had a good life, but the working yeah. life that I have. So I've had that and then I've had jobs around the house and I'll go to work at six in the morning and sometimes I'm still working at 10 o'clock on the night or I'm emailing or I'm up till two, three in the morning emailing or editing music yeah. or doing something. Let, let, me give you, let me give you a metaphor. There's two cars, exactly the same. The first car, somebody's driving and they decide, right, I'm not going to bother refueling or getting it serviced or anything like that. I'm going to drive this hard and as fast as I can. And the other person says, you know what, when the service light comes on, I'm going to yeah. check it in when it needs refueling, when it needs new tyres, I'm going to do that. Which car's going to go the furthest in both of the lives of those cars? So yeah, it's obvious, it's isn't it? Yeah. And, and that's the thing, if you think about it, we drive ourselves too hard, too fast. Yeah. And someone was saying about anxiety, it's the number one search term in my industry. So the first thing that people look for is anxiety. And I can't remember one of you guys said on the last podcast, I don't remember kids being anxious when we were young. Yeah. And, and what I say is that there's a difference now. I think we, we suffer, there's a lot more toxins in the food chain than there used to be. Yeah. The, the pesticides and things they use now are a lot stronger than they used yeah. to be, and that's why our food looks so perfect. And the weird thing is in life, what I've recognised is the more perfect something looks, the worse it is on the inside. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I remember when I was young, you know, fruit and veg would be a bit ugly and this, that and the other. But it was healthy, it was organic, you know. And so you've got yeah. those pesticides in. So if you think about it, the, the extra toxins we've got in, the neurotoxins like sweeteners, like aspartame and things like that, yeah. all these things going into your body, when your body is fighting against that, that's going to give you anxiety. Mm. Then yeah. we've got air pollution. We've got more air pollution than before because we've got increased carbon, yeah. got traffic and everything else. Everyone's got two cars nowadays. So you've got that. So if you consider those things, this is why we're having more anxiety. And when you live up in built-up areas... Lack of exercise, computer games, yeah. lights, stuck on phones, you know, all the uh, uh, radiation we got from our phones. I didn't realise I was, <clears throat> you should keep your phone about six or seven inches away from you, because <clears throat> I used to keep my phone in my pocket here, and it was some, one of the worst things you can do, because that's where your bone marrow is, and your bone marrow is what helps you blurred and fighting yeah. infection and everything else. And, and at night, I've started to move it away, I'll leave it over there now. I've record number. Told you it was wrong. Well, you should say that because I watched this thing. So we're doing the five G towers and, and whatever else. Yeah. I mean, there's two points. One point is, did they not launch that or, or demo that at one of the festivals? And where they put these these pylons and they're up for five G, there was no flies around the bins, no nothing. So yeah. obviously there was a field. But there was a guy in Australia, and he, he blamed them twenty odd years. He had, yeah. No, this is, a different, this is a friend of mine who said he knew someone and he always kept his phone in his pocket 20 yeah. odd years and he developed a tumour there yeah. and which inevitably killed him. You know, mm. so there's there's some there's some sense. Yeah, to, to and, we, and we don't know, there's not enough research about phones, <coughs> excuse me, about Wi-Fi and things like that. So with all these extra stresses in your life, yeah. if you're pushing yourself too hard anyway, there's going to be less energy for your immune system which is your natural defenses for things and that's what we need to look at you know um and i think that's why meditation is kind of it's the new thing that everybody's doing because it, for me it was one of the quickest ways of getting back to relaxing and what's your advice on like how you say that you need to recognize when you need sleep or you need rest now with me i'm the kind of person that i always thought of sleep as a waste of time i, I need to be productive i have to be i have to be up and productive from Noon until night. Yeah. Now, what's your, what's your, because that would get, I feel that would get me down if I went to bed for a quick nap, a power nap, or whatever, and then I'd wake up, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd be hard on myself. Yeah, but, but the thing is, the word you used is productive. How productive are you? So I would say, like we were talking about, you, you would come up with some great ideas. I think, we, I can't remember what time it was at certain times of the day. Yeah. And you come up with, you know, um, things, you know, rhymes and poems and things like that. And I, I, I recognise that myself. Like when I wake up, just in the moment before I wake up and have a shower, I come up with some great ideas yeah. and they just pop into my head. So I write them down and it's that basically what we call the alpha state. Mm -hmm. So it's not the sleep state. It's not the beta state. It's just, in, and you can, re you can create that yourself. Um, you know, I'll teach you a technique to do that. Um, but when you move your brainwaves from beta to alpha, that's when you become really creative. So, I, and I remember having a time management survey done on me at, when I was at BT and I was a manager there. And I always worked 60 hour weeks and silly things like that. And they're like, how creative are you? And they follow you around. And do you know what? I, was, I, I could have done 37 hours or something and done more. So, yeah. so my message to you would be, are you being productive or are you busy? Yeah, that's probably, I think that's probably yeah. where I'm failing. I'm busy. Going nowhere. It's like it's like a treadmill life, I suppose. Mm. You, you're putting the miles in, but you you remaining in the same spot because you've fixated on just that, yeah. that one. Speed. Well, well, this is the overtime mentality we used to have. Like people would say, right, before I was a manager at BT, they'd offer you overtime. And we'd be like, right, you're working Saturday. In fact, I had a dream about it the other night. I was thinking, 
oh, so it was like 10 hours, you'd do the maximum overtime and you'd be like, oh, I've cracked up so many overtime. So you're working for an hourly rate. Yeah. But when I, now I work for myself, I don't, I don't charge an hourly rate. It's how many people I can get into seminars and things like that or training courses. Yeah. So I can be rewarded, like, you know, just come back from training in Holland and, you know, they, that was a big reward for doing that. But I've worked years to get there, yeah. you know, in terms of what I've done. So it's about... Don't, don't work out, you know, how many hours you've done. It's what have you crammed into like an hour or two yeah. and made something fantastic because, you know, I, I would say the best people that you have peaks and troughs in terms of, you know, your productivity. So when you're peaking at something, keep going. It's like yeah. I was saying, when I, sometimes I read a book and I read the same page, it still doesn't go in, close the book. Mm. And an yeah. hour of doing that is not going to be worth anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, and there's absolutely. other times you flow in, like you with your music and your rhymes and yeah. poems and stuff like that you cannot not be creative does that yeah. make sense you have yeah. to be in that creative mood so yeah. if you stay in there longer and, and what i would say is I, I call it boom and bust so it's like i boom work my socks off until it tails off and i know that, that i can't get any more out of it and then i rest yeah and then i go again and then i rest and it's for me it's been the best actually kev's dad's brilliant at that kev's dad's put me on pads loads of times mm. and all of a sudden you'll be on pads you'll get right you're done yeah because he's recognized you've got tired and yeah. you're not going to you're not going to be throwing yeah. punches it, that mean anything. In boxing, I would say the first thing to go is not your power, not your speed, it's your technique. Yeah. Because when you're bollocks, you can all still pull out that big shot and yeah. that's your survival going on. The first thing to go is your technique. So once you haven't, once you've got the hang of it, walk away from it. They go, well, can I do a couple more? I go, no, yeah. you've got it now. We'll do it again mm. tomorrow. And just, yeah. because what we're doing is, is creating a habit, being a good habit or a bad habit. Mm. Once you've got the good habit of throwing straight, backhand or one, two, hook. Yeah. Once I've got the feel of it, yeah. remember how good it feels to do it right <clears throat> and move away. Because what will happen is I go one, two, great, one, two, bad, one, two, yeah. terrible. So I leave the gym thinking about the terrible mm. instead of remembering it when it was great. But in neuroscience, so I'll tell you, the, the neuroscience is you've got a, a part of your brain here called the prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Some people call it the executive making, the decision making part of your brain. And it tells you not to do bad things. Right, so instead of you living free will, this basically filters everything you want to do and goes, no, that's actually a bad idea, that's a bad idea, and lets the good ideas through. So this is why people get hotheads. So when you're stressed, anxious, or depressed, there's so much information trying to pass through here, it becomes like um, tangled. Yeah. So, and then what happens is instead of us making good decisions, like, oh, I should ring Kev when I feel stressed. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm gonna go for have a drink, I'll do mm. this, I'll feel. Antidote on the quality. Yeah, exactly. And it's because of that, and if you actually, and I was saying that to Kev with anxiety, one of the things that I do, if I ever get it myself, is um, I put something cool, like a cool bottle of water here, and at the back of my neck, because yeah. the, the, I'm trying to influence those two brain areas, prefrontal cortex, and this, although it's by the brain stem, it's cooling down the limbic system, and I find yeah. that works for me. And the other thing as well is, if you get anxiety, is um, when you're relaxed, if you're really relaxed, you start to produce saliva. <clears throat> when you're anxious, you know, your mouth goes dry. Mm. So one of the things I teach people, and this is with boxers, and I'll send this to Kev as well, can spit it out then have to swirl that water around your gums and around your yeah. tongue and it tricks the brain into thinking you're more relaxed than you are and they're just a few uh, quick tips on how to on the bed tips you're on about there's a, a method earlier that you might be able to show us yeah <clears throat> so uh, I'll do it with you in fact it's called Lima so the first one so L-I-M-A so you put your loose in your body so you put your feet flat on the floor <coughs> and the hand, hands on your lap and just relax so <clears throat> as you sit back in the chair you loosen every muscle so give yourself permission to be lazy first. So loosen and lazy. 
that's the L. So the next thing we do is we inhale, this is the I, inhale diaphragmatically. So it's instead of shoulder breathing, because this is anxious breathing, anxious people, stressed people, hold the breath or breathe really like short, like this. So we breathe down into the bottom of the lungs and then breathe out. And as you breathe in like that, what I want you to do, I want you to pick a point on the wall, so straight ahead of you, and just meditate. This is the M. Meditate on that point until your peripheral vision blurs. And when your peripheral vision begins to blur, keep breathing like that. Just say yes out loud. Yes. And I'll just keep talking for the sake of the video. But what we're doing is when our peripheral vision blurs, it's a sign that our brain waves have gone from beta to alpha. And when we're in the alpha state, A, we're relaxing and recharging energy. Might not be massive amounts of energy, but we're actually putting fuel into the tank. But B, we're ready to receive the A, which is affirmations. So your affirmations, if you've got anxiety, would be, so just say it to yourself in your mind, I'm safe, I'm calm and relaxed. You just keep repeating that to yourself. So I'm just going to go through the technique again for everyone watching on video. So L is to loosen your muscles. Feet flat on the floor, hands on your lap, sit back in the chair. Give yourself permission to be lazy. The I is for inhale diaphragmatically, pushing your stomach out. And when you do this, this creates, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is what, what happens when danger's gone. So it produces calming chemicals, gets rid of adrenaline and um, cortisol in the body. The M is for meditate, focus on a single point on the wall or a candle or something like that until your peripheral vision blurs. As soon as you've got the blurriness, then you can use your affirmation. So if it's anxiety, I'm safe, I'm calm and relaxed. If it's just normal and you want to breathe out, I'm calm and relaxed. Just keep saying that. But for those who use affirmations, um, that's the best time to do it. If you use affirmations when you're in the beta state, they don't really, it's like, you know, chucking mud at a wall and hoping some of it sticks. It's not very effective. So that's crazy. I mean, even just doing it for a few minutes then and you mentioning the alpha state there's something about that word that, that's, that's empowering obviously yeah that yeah is why it's called it but like you automatically then like you say you relax and you're allowing yourself to reset so your mind so for you as an artist get into that state before you write mm. Honestly, you, you, on it, and, the, and what will happen is, Craig, your output is going to massively, you know, it will snowball. So instead yeah. of you trying to create things, it's like I just wait and I sit there and as soon as I can be watching the TV or something like that, or somebody says something and I'll, I'll put it in my phone or I'll write it down yeah. straight away. I've got, like I call it, the warboard. I've got a whiteboard in my kitchen. Any thoughts and ideas, I don't, they come to me and I'll, oh, well, it doesn't make sense at the minute, but I'll leave it up there, see yeah. what happens next week. Yeah. And then eventually they come into something like, you know, I created the BLAST technique for treating PTSD and trauma without consciously thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I said to myself, I don't want to treat PTSD and trauma. I'm not going to be that therapist. I don't think I'm going to be going into the deep stuff. Now I'm talking to doctors about it and they're, they're talking about doing a clinical trial in it. And all that is, is I've, I've allowed my unconscious mind and the alpha state to guide me and direct me to where I'm supposed to be going. I, I, I personally done the blast technique with uh, Nick. I was in my old flat in King's Winford and I had a bang on my door. And it was a Staffordshire bull tear and it were in the house. Mm. I was getting rid of it, uh, take it outside, and it was banging against the door. And I thought, oh, I'll take it around to the neighbours. Must have been the neighbours' dog. And the dog jumped up and tried to bite me in the throat, caught me face, tore me shirt, and uh, was biting me on the legs. I was getting beyond the door, and I phoned up my mum and dad, said, um, um, I've got a dog here trying to attack me. I phoned up the old bill. Took hours to get there. Mum and dad come up. Um, the dog was outside, mum and dad got in. Dad, uh, the dog went for me again. Dad 
was trying to cover me and he was trying to jump up for my dad. And uh, I remember my dad saying, uh, I was just going to throw myself on the dog, let him warm me. Yeah. And we got back inside and uh, what was going through my mind at the time, I was knocking about with my good friend, she had a three-year-old daughter and I thought if they'd have been there, mm. he'd have killed the little girl. And that, that's why I was having um, a post-traumatic stress. Yeah. And just going over and over in my head thinking, hey, I bet if you killed my dad, hey, I bet if you'd have... If I hadn't had fast footwork, if someone's jumping up, I was diving back and mm. yeah. trying to kick it. But I thought if I'd paused for a second, he'd have killed me. And then thinking mm. about my friend and her daughter, mm. and I was having nightmares, he was going on for ages. And then, it's when you just come up with the idea, wasn't yeah. it? How many years ago, was it? Well, I, years? Uh, 12 years ago, the, initially came yeah. up with it. We changed it to the blast technique, the name, about six, seven years ago. But yeah, we used it with Kev to, to get that, because what happens is Kev is getting flashbacks, mm. even though they knew the dog wasn't there and this, that and the other, and that's what people don't realise how debilitating it is, because it's like, you hallucinate that yeah. you're being attacked at that time, and because of Kev's eyes, I remember your dad saying to me as well, he said, I was exhausted. He said, I was slapping this dog. He said, using all, oh, Bob's a big chap. And he said, so Kev had been fighting with the dog, but Bob's been fighting with the dog, so for the pair of them. And Bob said, when he said in the end, he said, I was exhausted, I was prepared to lay down on it. That's how ferocious it was. Um, but you know we don't and, and this is what I love about the blast technique it cures it in minutes you know I spoke to a guy on the phone um, today and he was about something different and he said to me I remember all those years ago when he used to go into burning buildings and rescue people as a fireman and this that and the other and he'd seen some horrible things and he said to me God, I remember you waving that pen around he said and I had PTSD and then he said I remember going to the cash point and just laughing and he said, I, I, I've never been able to get it back. He said, I don't know what you did. He said, but it's brilliant. So he's still got that pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is it like the blast technique, is it without having to have to go in? Is it hypnotherapy? Yeah, it's a mixture of different things. So, so what happens is trauma. When we experience a trauma, our brains basically encode it in the right hemisphere or side of the brain, so your emotional side of the brain, so it distorts things. So it will say that, for, like, for Kev, it was like, there's a dog there every day, mm. could be could be around every corner, oh, it might be happening now, oh, it yeah. gives you all these doubts, and then fuels it, so you're, you, um, the right hemisphere is going mad and saying, you're in you're immediate threat, immediate threat. So what we do, and the, the simplest way to say is, well, I use a, a light pen, but I move it in specific patterns when yeah. I see feedback from you in order to basically pull the memory from the right to the left and the left to the right so it's stored as a normal memory. But also use suggestions because people are in a state of hypnosis when they're in trauma. Because yeah. if you're visualising things that aren't there, that's a deep state of hypnosis. So we use specific suggestions and it processes the memory so that, like Kev says, he can remember it happening, but now he hasn't got an emotional attachment to it, so it takes away all the emotional charge. The great thing is, it doesn't matter what happens to you. I've dealt with some of the things you couldn't even imagine, um, and resolved them all. You know, and it's such a great technique. But I'm just me of the uh, Men in Black pen. Yeah, the, yeah. the neuralizer. <laughs> Men in Black. Did you read? Many, well, we, do, we have done some posters. So <laughs> I'm going to do some with the with the pen. So, we so do that does it in one one yeah, session. Yeah, yeah. So if, it, if it's a single trauma, one session, yeah. and and I, I, I do it live. Like I was talking at a doctor's conference in London this year, and our national conference in Heathrow, and I do live demos on the stage. And normally it's about five minutes, twenty minutes max. People are. I remember doing it at Holborn. I was doing a talk for a meetup group that my friend runs, and there were 70 people there. And then I said the same thing about a woman. Oh, I'm scared of dogs. They sat in there. Oh, do you want to come up front? Yeah, yeah. Five minutes later, she couldn't get it back. She's fine. Anyway, a bloke said to me downstairs, we're having a drink. He went, She was a plant then. How much did you pay her? And I said, What do you mean? He goes, Well, five minutes to cure that. I said, I don't know her. Why would I bother <laughs> spending money to pay yeah, you to come all the way to London? Yeah. But sometimes that's the downfall of it. It works so quickly. But that's why I kind of I undersell it and over deliver, and that's why I was flown out to Holland to teach it. Because I think we we uh, as humans we genuinely have 
um, a skeptical view on things. Yeah. Too good to, to, be, to be true. true yeah. things. And a lot of that comes from the, the con man, the, the yeah. confidence men and stuff. Yeah. Like, like the side, side, psychics and that. I said yeah. this one program where they had a friend hiding the cupboard. And yes, I saw that. You know, and he was writing the things he was down. Writing, they'd <laughs> ask him questions like, what would he not know about you? And, yes. and they were writing down. Yeah, and then they passed it to him. It's brilliant. You know, but that's, that's where we develop that sceptical view yeah. from. But you can understand that person's perspective. From yeah. your perspective, you think, oh, man, I wish, wish you could believe it without. Yeah. For me, he's probably never... Well, well the thing is, is like I, I have some colleagues in my industry who are doing four or five times better than me, ten times better than me, travelled all over the world with inf inferior products that they don't know how or why it works and the showman and this that and the other. Cool, I was going to say to you, we've done a podcast haven't we about um, catfish. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Do you want to go into that? Same? Yeah, just just briefly on that. So the, that one was like, um, with NLP, so yeah. this was something I was going to speak to you about actually. So you can almost use it for like a positive influence, um, <coughs> persuasion, sorry, um, or you can use it as a, like a negative manipulation. Yeah. And I think in the wrong hands, because I've seen it in the wrong hands, yeah. there's people who are, they, they know the exact right words to say, and they'll yeah. say you the dream, they'll, they'll, they'll pull on your heartstrings, they'll say yeah. stuff if they know you're, you know, you like to listen to stuff, do you hear what I'm saying, or do you yeah. see what I'm seeing if you're visual? Yeah. Like some of the stuff I know basically, but even as they're doing it, they've, they've drawn me in, you know, yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. got my credit card out and yeah, I'm yeah. buying stupid shit, so mm. we're on about well, that, and, it, and it's terrible because if you're taking advantage of people, you yeah. just want help. Well, the thing is, is some people say to me, it's hypnosis dangerous, because we did the thing with Kev, mm. where we sat him over two chairs, and I sat on him, and we're gonna do that again on a video uh, yeah. soon, yeah. Um, just to demonstrate the power of hypnosis, and they say, does NLP or hypnosis make you bad? And I go, no, everyone, we've all got kitchen knives in our drawers. Some people choose to use them to go out and kill people. Yeah. We tend to chop fruit and vegetables yeah. and mm -hmm. meat with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I say is you're bad initially, so bad people study those things and do it. And what I recognise is that, you know, I, I'm not doing this to make loads and loads of money. I have to make a living. I've got to, you know, keep a roof over my head and this, that and the other. But the way I operate, I'm not going to get paid as much as these guys, but I'm happy. Like, for instance, yeah. the, when I went to Holland, they paid me. They didn't know me. They'd heard about my reputation, this, that and the other. And I get a lot of work on word of mouth. You know, I don't mm -hmm. advertise too much apart from the stuff I do in the, the media, but that's me writing articles for them. But they'd heard about me and said, we trust you, this, that and the other. Will you come over? And this, that and the other. I said, here's the contract. Da, 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 da. Anyway, they looked after me so well. Picked me up from the airport, bought all my meals, hotel, everything. Just lovely, lovely people. I worked through all my breaks, all my lunches and everything else to give them maximum exposure. We extended the course dates just in case they, they didn't understand some of the English words, this, that and the other. And then they said, and then I get an offer from somebody else to do um, some training who's a kind of a rival school. And I said, no, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna stay with these guys and I'm gonna make sure these guys are my mm. only people because they looked after me. Because yeah. I want relationships where it's win-win. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, it's like, oh, Blast will always do well because it's, you know, I undersell it and over-deliver. Because yeah. when people have that kind of training, everybody on the course, get five stars or excellent feedback mm, yeah. and, and that's what I'm happy with because if you maintain that nobody will ever take that foundation away from me so it will continue to build and that's why I've got doctors involved now who, who, who studied the course psychiatrists um, got two university professors have studied it. everybody loves it I work hard and I have worked hard for the last 13 and a half years to get all the neuroscience right and everything yeah. I love what you said then about like um now I've got this trust for these people, I'm going to stay loyal to them. Absolutely. Yeah. And on that way, uh, when we're on our way to London again, yeah. you said, what would you rather have, love or loyalty? Yeah. Yes. And your natural instinct is to say, well, I want love. Yeah. Mm. What, what, how did you word it? 
I can't remember what we said, yeah, because, yeah, oh, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking lemonade because <laughs> I was just watching you, <laughs> you rascal. He needs watching, there you go. No, no, it was true, it was about, yeah, it was love or loyalty, and I can't you remember. Say, you're saying love yeah. can fade, because love is often yeah. identified with lust, and, mm. you yeah. know, when she's not doing this for you, when he's not doing it for you. But loyalty, yeah, they're there through thick and thin. Yeah, and it's that commitment, I think, because you know, life and friendships—they go, they get, you know, they go up and down, and it's, you've got to ride the waves. And it's about that, that connection, that that uh, loyalty you've got for each other. And I, I would argue that loyalty is love. Yeah. You know, but love yeah. when you go love and lust, that thing, you know, you can meet somebody who's like amazing. This and mm. looks amazing. This and the other, and then it's a short-term thing, and you're like, oh, there's nothing behind it. But loyalty. We'll stay here for a lifetime. I think loyalty. I think you can put loyalty as a really fine blend of love and respect. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's sort of like a deeper love and respect. Yeah. Like you say, you'd have lust, then you'd have love, then you'd have loyalty. Yeah. So it's like the upper echelon of. I like that love and respect. Yeah. But yeah. One of the key things I think, as humans, there's some science behind it. I don't know the exact science, but it's relationships, and they they've measured like your levels of happiness now in correlation to how good your relationships are. Yeah. And obviously a good relationship is based on loyalty because yeah. you know if you've got good friends who you know if you ever need to call them or you ever need them for something yeah and that loyalty is there that's obviously going to bring up your yeah. happiness so uh, it's really important yeah yeah like and, and it is it's, it's you know sometimes and nowadays they reckon our um attention span is nine seconds <laughs> yeah i can not believe that because yeah. you look at something you go oh bored yeah, 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 yeah. Before you'd have to sit then at least until the ad break. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Spoken about yeah. in the movies, the moment you go blockbusters, you buy a shit film, you have to watch it all, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're not going to go and return it. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that would be to do with yeah. like your social medias, because I mean, like Instagrams and things like that, they give you 10 second clips. TikTok yeah. give you 15 second clips. So, yeah. them sorts of programming your brain to only absorb or want to absorb that amount of content. And, and, that, and that's where education comes in. And when I say education, I'm not on about, you know, school or things like that, because yeah. education is all round. And there's, there's ten different types of intelligence. Like, so, for instance, like if you if you're a boxer, you've got to have a very good physical, you know, intelligence. You've visual as well. You've got to see, feel, and do things in a certain way. Like an architect will have a hallucinatory in, uh, visual intelligence. An architect has to see buildings that aren't there. Mm -hmm. So there are different forms of intelligence, so, and that's why I say no, nobody's stupid. Do you know what I mean? They've just yeah. got different forms of intelligence. You know. Um, and one of the things about learning is you can learn from situations. So one thing I teach myself is like, you might, you might like this, you might have seen the advert, but uh, one of my ex-girlfriends is a personal trainer, mm -hmm. and she used to go, watch this advert, and he go, seven second abs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, get this now, seven second abs. And there's this like bodybuilder and this stunning woman, they're going, seven second, I did abs seven second a day, look at me now with this six pack, it's yours, we're just 59.99, you're paying three installments. <laughs> so that was our joke, seven second abs. Did she, you do well? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, he did. It was, it was sold out. It was sold out. And hardly anyone used it. And you guarantee, guarantee, ninety-seven percent of the people who bought that product are no different to the way they were. But they paid the money, and that's the culture we live in. But we—that was the joke we used to say. If something was too good to be true, we yeah. just go seven-second abs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. So when you look into things, it's like that's why Blast doesn't do as well as the other products. So don't shout from the rooftops. So go yeah. look. This is it. I'll tell you the neuroscience in a calm way. It does this, this, and this. I'll do live demonstrations. I undersell and over deliver and that's how we get word of mouth business and it, and it's taking off now you 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 allow them in the bedroom to dream of a cellular dream about the bed yes that's, that's pretty much how it, how, yeah how it seems to me and, and they're everywhere you know if it seems too good to be true it probably is yeah. and that's why i don't show i don't put loads of videos of me treating people with blast because that's gonna and the other thing i don't want to do i don't want to train 
unscrupulous people. Mm. I've kicked a few people off our mm. Facebook group as well because of people going, I can make loads of money out of this. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are doing with NLP. Yeah. They're calling themselves masters, like with the catfish stuff. Yeah. All they've done is a course, like they've paid two or three grand for the course. Yeah. And I said, all of a sudden they're a master. You've been doing this for like 30 yeah. years, like learning it day. Well, I, was, I studied it for longer than that. I so studied it in 98. So it was like, you know, a lot of years. But what they yeah. do, they, they suck you in. So you go, yeah. You do the practitioner, then you can be a master practitioner, then you can be a trainer, then you can do train the trainer, yeah. and then master train the trainer. And we're like, what, what is next? Is it universal master, master, master? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember a woman coming up to me at this talk, and she went, I, I'm, I'm, I've done the master's. And I said, what, a, a master's degree? No, no, master's in NLP. I was like, oh. <laughs> if somebody introduces themselves like that, yeah. I know I don't want to have a conversation with them. Exactly. It's, it's crazy, it's because, um, I did a personal training course, I did, I paid £40,000 for it, you know, never earned a cent off it, and this was for, mm. I won't mention the company, but um, they're a well-renowned company, and you see them all become a personal trainer, become a personal trainer. Yeah. Now, I know a lot from, I've been training since I was 15, on and off, more off than on, as you can probably tell, <laughs> um, but it come to a point where I did that course in seven months, one weekend per month. That's also 14 times I was with them, and I've become a level three personal trainer. And like, you go to the gyms now, and the reason the personal trainers are sitting there watching the clients, and this and the other, it's because they haven't put the three years of college and they haven't done the experience. They've got the certificate, but they're not qualified. But you know no. what, it's your journey, and, and I remember somebody saying this to me, is the certificate is only a representation of the course. Yeah. It's a representation of what you've done. It's like in the gym, you know, whatever you get your first fight your record it's just a representation of what you've done yeah and it's all about you and it doesn't have to of course it doesn't have to be long because you know i know bad people who train people for years yeah and practice makes permanent as we've said this yeah, before yeah, yeah, yeah. so if you're with a bad trainer you can train with them for years and still get nothing you could be with somebody very good that will teach you something really yeah. quick and and siphon the stuff away but what i would say to people and this is where we come back to the intelligence is about your intelligence in terms of the choices you make yeah. and what i tend to do is i think if it's too good to be true I'm not going to buy it straight away. I'm going to do more research. I'm going to look into it and stuff like this. And, and always do your research, your background check. I think um, you were saying this on one of your podcasts as well, Aaron. It's mm. about looking into the people. Who did mm. they not round? Who were they Absolutely. with? Can you see them live on podcasts? Because if you see somebody talking live without any planning, like me and Kevin on the radio, yeah. and that's why I love Kev. Kev grew that day for me. And I said, mm. oh, I was like sitting back watching one of your mates level up. I was like, yeah. oh, yes, Mr. Yeah, Dillon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's walking out the door. That's why we had the deep debrief. Like, come on. <laughs> A celebratory. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's quite, like, to even sit out, I mean, I, this is my second time of meeting you, but you ask you a question, and without hesitation, boom, you, you've got a response, mm. and that's how you know. None of it's planned. I mean, like I say, we don't yeah, speak prior to these. I didn't even know you were crying until yesterday, I think, when you told me. You know, so, and that's how you know, but if you've got, a, if you sit with someone and they've, they've and it all out and you can't yeah. them off guard with a question that there wasn't that didn't yeah. have plan for and that's how you know like you you we'll know see. what you're talking about basically well I'm going to put you on this spot there then seven second abs is there a technique you can get Craig to do then is there something that will get these lads because I've worked with you for years and uh, one of the days if we don't do it live you, we'll put the video on there yeah. but is there something you could do now off the cuff with one of these lads and just see if there's somebody could do why hypnosis. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
ask me to relax. I was like, crack the bottle of rum. Is there something you, you could do? Off well, the yeah, there's a, a technique that I use. It's a nice technique. The first technique is the lima. So use lima all the time. You know, yeah. honestly, I use it myself. Um, in fact, I'm going to teach you the blast uh, self-care tapping protocol. Thank you, Kevin. Right, I'm excited. This is the technique. It's not as good as having blast. Uh, the blast technique is the eye movement with the pen. Uh, now, what we found is that whenever we're stressed, anxious, low mood, things like that, so I wouldn't use this for serious traumas. So if you're feeling, you're not feeling yourself and you need a bit of kind of, I don't know, uh, a bit of balance and things like that, this is a perfect technique to use. So the first thing we do is think about something that gets you stressed. Mm-hmm could be a situation, a person, stress, anxiety, low mood, nothing too bad, nothing like a trauma or grief or anything like that. We all got something. Mm-hmm. And then give it a number, how much it bothers you between 0 and 10. So, Aaron, if you had 8. Yeah. I'm still trying to think okay. of something. Seven. Seven. Nine. Nine, nine's a good one. Probably nine. Yeah. So, first yeah. thing we do, symmetry in the body, feet flat on the floor, <clears throat> hands on your lap. And then what I want you to do is I want you to identify where do you feel that in your body. So sit back. Where do you identify in your body that feeling? I always feel everything in my, my stomach. So Kev's there. In my heart. Heart, yeah. Head. Yeah, heart, throat, and perfect. Just drawing them out. Yeah. Head. Head. Cool. Right. So the great thing is four people, four different locations. That makes sense. So yours is moving up there. Yours is heart. Yours is stomach. Yours is head. Right. Wherever you feel it, that's what's important to you. So you've got your numbers, and we're going to start thinking about it. Now, what, one of the reasons that we do with BLAST, so this is what we call the BLAST tapping self-care protocol, is when we stimulate both hemispheres of the brain, we get this transference through the brain as well. So the biggest clusters of nerve endings in the brain are between here and here. found this out from a biochemist. So what we're going to do, still thinking about that, take your two fingers like this, and then tap above your eyebrows ten times either side. That's it, nice and uh, not too soft, but not too hard. That's it. And then when you've done that, move down to your cheeks. Still thinking about that uh, thing. That's it, ten times either side. And then when you've done that, down to either side of your chin. And then when you've done your chin, tapping on your collarbones, just crossing your arms over. And then we've tapped on the main nerve ending clusters from the brain then. And then when you finish that, put your hands on your lap. <clears throat> now keep your head still, move your eyes left all the way, right all the way, left all the way, right all the way, left all the way, right, left, right, left, right. Take a nice deep breath in. And then say to yourself in your mind, I'm okay, I'm just breathe out. And then think about that thing and just tell me what number it is now. So what you do is you keep going through those passes again and again and again until you, that, and basically it's processing it in real time. I'm not saying it's a permanent solution for everything. Obviously, the, having the, that's the blast tapping self-care protocol. Um, and I can send you out that if you email me. If anyone's watching this and wants a copy of that, I'll give it out free. Send it on an email to you with a video. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, yeah, so if you email me on info at blast-technique.com, 
and just put um, blast self-care uh, blast tapping self-care protocol and i'll send that to you i've got a really good resource yeah i've got a really good resource for newsletters in fact if anyone's thinking of doing goal setting i've basically given away a 500 pound course of free um, if you just go to uh, www.ndhypnotherapy.wordpress.com, Aaron will put a link up. Yep. But go into there and you can click on goals, stress, anxiety. There's hundreds of newsletters and videos on there. It's an absolute massive resource. And, and the reason I do that is because I recognise not everybody can afford to use my services. So that's what I've spent all that time doing over the last Fantastic. 10 years or so, just to give that stuff away from Fantastic. free. And honestly, what I say to people is, the goal setting course, you know, people pay, you know, 50, 60 quid for this seven second abs and things like that. But if you do a bit of research and you want to hear yourself, just go on there and all the stuff's for free. You know, I've, I've got. We'll, we'll share that in the Facebook group as well. Yeah, and it's yeah. just for, um, like, when Dan came on the other day, tended to be able to tough enough to care, and the squaddies who he's working so well with, and he said, there is no cure for what I've got. That's what I mentioned yeah. to you, and hopefully, if people are listening to this who listen yeah. to his, there are ways through it. And, and the problem is, sometimes the cures are suppressed. You can be a bit paranoid about this, but there is a lot of stuff behind it. Is you know, What I think causes all the th problems we have in the world is greed. And yeah. Instead of speed kills, greed kills. Mm. And if you look at the world, it's greed. You know, there's yeah. enough food and resources yeah. for everybody in the world. It's greed kills. And one of the reasons that we don't have these resources, I'm, you know, if you think about it, I've been trying to get this into West Midlands Police and the NHS for the last over three years. So connecting with people, emailing people, going, I'll come and talk for free. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll, honestly, and now I'm, I'm talking at a doctor's conference, hope, and they've asked me back next year to talk. I was one of the first speakers asked me back. They loved it. Um, and it's great when you were, you know, I was nervous. Like, you know, yeah. and I say to people, that was what we were saying. You don't have to be ready. You know, when I got asked to talk at the doctor's conference and they said, can you, you know, bring your blast technique? The guy who runs it, has got a degree in neuroscience. Yeah. So I'm like, Shit. Right, yeah. okay, these boys know their stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of place. Yeah. I've you know, I've got a degree. I went to uni and dropped out, I've got a degree, I'm you know, but yeah. in, in terms of my knowledge and everything else, it's probably better than theirs. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because I specialise yeah. in this yeah. and I do the hard yards. I read, I test it, I read, I test it. That's what I learned from Kevin, his dad here. I did hypnosis and NLP, like yeah. you're saying. And yeah. I was like, being the big guy I am like they yeah. teach you to be, and I was like, right, I'll work with your boxers. Yeah. And then they were going. Ain't working. Yeah, yeah. The best eighteen months. Kev, his dad, and the one box is near. Put me through the an absolute mill. It was the hardest <laughs> things. Brought me down. Brought me to tears at times. <laughs> but I said, had I not stuck with it, because Kev's going, just stick with it. Change it, Jedi. Change it. And they've changed everything. And now I can work with anybody. And and that's the thing that people don't do is like you know you don't have to be ready. You know I've spoke at conferences when I had the chest infection. Kev, like Kevin said, he was he had flued up when he was on your thing. Don't don't wait for yourself to be ready. Take your opportunities. Be brave with it, and then you'll you'll move ahead. Do you know you know what I, like, mm. what energy I get from you is a very positive and passionate energy for what you do. Yeah. And you're sitting in the same room here and and hearing you talk, you get that from me. You're not. Like you say, you've got to make a living, but you're not in it to yeah. make millions of pounds. Yeah, I'm not selling anything on here, that's what I say. No. I love giving the free resource in that, yeah. and I love talking for free, because if I can help people, it's one of the great feelings when that bloke rang me up and was laughing about the PTSD. Yeah. He didn't know how much that made my heart sing. And that's seeing great. people, and I, you know, I've helped people that I see, and you see them going on to do great things, and I'm one of these people that I love to see people do well. Yeah. Well, look at us. Nick. Oh, 15 years, Kev. 15 years. How, how, far have we've, how far have we come? And that, and that was the thing on the radio, and it was, I, know, I know it's a bit probably spiritual, but I, I said to Kev, I sat there and I watched my friend grow that day, because yeah. it was a hard start, and I was sitting back, and in the end, when he said, 
was it your dad? <laughs> and, he took, watch it, and, and, and they said, Kevin Dillon, he's our resident psychotherapist, Nick Davis, you're gone. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that day he grew and he was bossing the interview and they were just sitting there mesmerised by him. Mm. And, and he went from like being, oh, oh, you know, these people are clever or whatever, this, oh, I shouldn't be here, this, that and the other. And he grew and grew and grew. And I, I patted him on the back. I think we need a beer, mate. Yeah, yeah. I think we need think you deserve one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's crazy, though. We're going to have to finish in a bit. So just before we go, something that Nick said to me once, would you rather be confident or courageous? Yeah. Mm. And the answer to that is, well, I'll let, I'll let Nick talk. But that, yeah. Go ahead, you but everybody says confidence, but the thing is, is confident. I'm confident I could tie my shoelaces, but it doesn't make me feel good. When you're confident, you're wasting time. If you want to get stuff done and you want to grow in life, be courageous. And I say, I'm, I, I would say I'm the most scared person in the world sometimes. I've been to talks with my peers. My heart's been racing. I've been sweating going, what am I putting this, myself this, through this for again? And then I get up and I smash it. Yeah. And that's what I say to Kev, be courageous. Be the lion that goes, oh, I don't want to, you know, I've always run forward into fear. And I'm like, there's my fear. Right, I'm going to charge it down. I'm going to charge it down. And now I started writing for the media and things like that. There's a lot more responsibility I have in talking to doctors. And, and I still experience the fear, but the courage gets me through because I think, well, all I'm here for is all we're here for is to help people. Absolutely. We're on this podcast Absolutely. to help those people watching. Yeah. And if we can change one life, then, you know, we've done our job. No better feeling. Well, I think that'll do us today because I think that's a wonderful way of leaving today. Definitely. So until next week, gang, try a bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta-ra-ra-bit. Listen, listen, listen.